and welcome back to It's a Debate Podcast, the podcast where we pick a topic and two debaters. And the kick is you might not be able to debate the side that you want. You just have to debate the side that you are assigned to. Now, if you're still listening at this point, I just want to be very clear. We were going to argue regardless of whether or not you were listening to the <laughs> but we are happy that you are here to join us. And let's hear from our ladies. Alana? Hey, everybody. It's Alana. Hey, guys. It's Alex. Hey, y'all. It's Christy. Hey, it's Lindsay. Paige. Tiani checking in. All right. We're excited for another episode, but we're going to, as usual, we're going to start off with the icebreaker. Lindsay? Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, that's the icebreaker, (laughs) ma'am. So you said that. And I put a hot topic for the week because I know all y'all been watching, all y'all been listening. Y'all probably done reached out to y'all girlfriends and said, girl, who said that? (laughs) (laughs) What do y'all think about Portia and her, not just dating, engaged to her castmate Fallon's ex-husband? Not even X yet. Yeah. <laughs> they the ink is still drying. Okay. <laughs> Have they signed? Apparently. They, filed, but... they said it was filed in January. Mm-hmm. So what's funny about this is I don't watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I, I know who Portia is just from like Shade Room stuff, but I have no idea who Fallon is and I don't know who that man is. But what was funny was y'all were like blowing up the IG group chat and it was all over my timeline. And I would see stuff about all your friends that don't watch the show are confused. But I knew enough to know she did something wrong and she stole somebody's husband. I was like, what made it really funny was the main reason I know Portia right now is because she was all the activists, you know, all this past last year. But now you out here being messy silly folks. But that that ain't got nothing to do with her love life though. But that's how I knew who she was. But this is, okay, so this is my thing. Obviously, it sounds a little foul, right? But my whole thing is like, literally, you cannot be like, that's not my friend. When she was on the show as friend of Portia. So it's just like, girl, if you're gonna, if you're gonna live your life, just live it and stand in it and just say, this is what the hell I'm going to do. And that's that on that. Okay, but she's giving me, as Lindsay said, she's giving me, who said that vibes when ma'am you You said that but but also on those reality tv shows which again i I knew the lady was but i don't watch that and so they manipulate and lie so much those two ladies might not know each other like yes they did work together but how close are you to your uh co-workers i mean don't get it twisted from the outside in it's, (laughs) it's at least questionable Okay. But, uh, I think it's fake. I still think I think it's fake. I think they're doing this shit for show. She trolling. She bored. She ain't got nothing else to do. Well, I'm gonna just say this because Tammy Roman came in with the hot, hot, hot tea about the whole reality TV situation, and basically she was just explaining how you know, just like Tiani said, like you may be just like randomly introduced to somebody that the producers want to introduce to the show and they have to incorporate them some type of way into the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to be a friend of somebody, even though that might be your first time meeting them. Mm -hmm. However, you accepted that role 
of being her friend and introducing her to the show. You was swimming and splashing in that lady's deep. You was deep drinking diving. a little, okay? And you received a gift, gift basket from her to go home. So ma'am, at this point, regardless of whether y'all were in real life, friends or not, like you cross the line because you have stepped into that role. You know what I mean? Like you cannot just show up at her house to be friends with her with her husband, you know what I mean? And then now all of a sudden you're marrying her husband. Like that, it don't add up. So it's not okay, regardless of whether y'all were dating while they were still married, after they were married, like all of that is semantics. What's messed up is that you decided to be this person for her, for the show, like whether it was professional or otherwise, and then you're now marrying her husband, like. That's crazy. I'm just saying the timeline is funny too. The, the timeline is real funny. First of all, when they dropped the picture on Mother's Day, now I watched the show. <laughs> I watched the show, but I definitely thought that was Dennis's father when I first took it in, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, nice family photo." But then when everybody was like, "Whoa, that's Fallon's ex-husband," I was like, "Y'all drop based on." his chest, you know, the way that they're standing. When you look at, you're like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just could never. And like you now, said, the timeline is definitely messed up. A month, and now y'all engaged. Now y'all been doing something for a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always been one of those people that's like, you can't hold back another woman's or man's blessing. So like, if I was acquaintances, distant acquaintances with somebody, I would not necessarily say that their ex is off limits, but let us note that she was not only doing all these things at this girl's house, but she ca- she had some nickname for her or something. She wasn't calling her her full name. So you know that girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, don't just don't say you don't know her. her. Right. She might not be your best friend, but don't say like you don't know her. Like right. we clearly watched you know her. Okay, yeah, we all right. watched it. So, right, right. and it seems as though this was all a surprise to the girl Fallon too, or mm-hmm. did she know that they were together? I, it doesn't seem like a surprise. Oh, I don't know. I'm asking, was it not a surprise to her? I don't I know. Mean, it probably was. Like, I wouldn't run it past my ex that I'm about to propose either. Like, she probably yeah. didn't find out with the rest of us on social media, but. But she has a month a month is a surprise like even if she knew they were dating like there's no way she knew they were going to be in engagement she's not expecting that yeah now, right. do you do you think you could meet somebody in a month and be engaged if he was that rich i'm sure i could make an exception <laughs> make myself uh, so he's right. he's rich 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 yes rich rich, rich. Million. oh okay now you know what now you <laughs> They you said what page? Once you're older, you know, and you've been with certain people, once you know, you know, once you find that person, you know, you click and it's like, where have you been? You know? That's their storyline, but. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Alana. You're not buying it either. That's now, right. you I'm getting. Know, I can make a month work. <laughs> do you think there's something else? That's gonna. I think she's pregnant. That's what they said too. That's what a couple of people said that they think she's pregnant. Between her potentially being pregnant and also this man being super rich, like I said, for a quarter of Billy, oh, I could make a couple of weeks worth, right? Like oh, a quarter of Billy. <laughs> Ooh, is that what Paige said? That's, that's what I was trying to. No, I said 40, 40. 
is oh, what I really I thought you said a quarter. Okay, 40 mil. Okay. I can still make it work. Sorry. <laughs> That's terrible. Quarter Billy, we get married because Fallon <laughs> looks like she. I went through her Instagram. Oh Lord, my child. Oh, Hold on, y'all. And everything. They just living life. Mm-hmm. I went through her Instagram and she looked like she private jet life. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like she don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All I know is Portia's not dumb. So whatever Mm-mm. she's doing, there is an end for her. And I'm excited to see what happens next season because she's mm-hmm. trolling and she want her own show and she fits. Well, she, she's well, already, she already got that. Oh. It, it's definitely going to be a, a co-parenting spinoff. Mm-hmm. Both of those announcements, like one, just being with the ex, two, now y'all engaged. Both of those is drawing in crowds because I didn't watch, but now I'm like, well, I got to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget that she needed to one-up her arch nemesis who did this in one year. And now she has topped her Kenya Moore and done this in one month. Kenya Moore hair care. (laughs) (laughs) Who is her arch nemesis? No, first of all, I'm just ready for next season so that, because Kenya gets on my last nerve. But I am here for Kenya next season because I know she's going to be messier than messy when it comes to the situation. And she's going to be throwing shade every way possible but i don't like kenya's type of messy like she's not nini messy she's like messy to the point that it is annoying to watch like how this season was just harping on this stri- stripper situation it was just like okay kenya let it go like there was a stripper <laughs> let it go i think she wanted to be in the room that's why she got so upset right yes well but also okay. she she almost crossed like I stopped liking, like, I teetered with Kenya, but when she almost ruined the proposal for Cynthia, oh. I was like, oh, sis, we're done. Like, right. you are not her friend. I don't care how you try to fake apologize later on. Like, the way Candy looked at her, like, I cannot believe you're about to spill the beans. Like, and you know he's about to propose. So why would you even bring that up? Like, mm-hmm. get out of here. so yeah, no. She's a hypocrite too because the way she did Cynthia quizzing her about that wine and then getting mad about people coming for her hair, her Kenya more yes. hair, Kenya. Yes. like girl stop. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a great discussion, ladies, as usual. But let's get into this debate. Okay, ladies, let's get into this debate. This week we are debating whether or not kids should go to homeschool or in-person in a brick-and-mortar school. So defending homeschool is Lana and defending brick-and-mortar is Paige. Now, before we get started, there's a couple changes to our program um, based on all of our fans' commentary. We are going to do our debate. We're going to immediately vote and then go into our discussion. So starting off defending homeschool, let's hear from Alana. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. I am here today to let you know the greatness about homeschool and why we're about to win this debate today. Now, homeschooling allows you to offer your child a tailored education that creates an experience that does not conform to this one size fits all approach with brick and mortar. So there are so many different factors 
that highlight the benefits of homeschool, but I'll get into a few just to give you an overview. First, let's talk about our family environment. So I know that with your child being homeschooled, they are able to learn in a loving family environment, which is the best foundation for social development. And if they aren't, excuse me, if you aren't a heathen, you can reinforce values of faith and teach character development as well. <laughs> Next, we can focus on how it accommodates to special circumstances. So not every family has the same cut and dry way of living. Um, homeschooling offers a level of flexibility that normal brick and mortar cannot. The amount of flexibility that homeschooling provides can be very beneficial to non-traditional households that encompass military families, families who travel a lot for whatever reason, whether it's work or um, work for the parents, work for the child, um, extracurricular activities like sports that require you to travel a lot. And then also families who may be dealing with illness, whether the actual child is ill, another sibling or um, parents are ill, they may need the additional flexibility. So homeschooling can tailor to that. Um, I know that a lot of heavy criticism comes to homeschooling when it comes to the child, um, the child's socialization skills. So one way to look at it, um, they are actually able to build very good social skills um, when you're homeschooled because even though they don't have the same exposure in the classroom to children, one, they avoid the bullying um, that we all know takes place in schools, but um, they're also, with the bullying um, and peer pressure, that's another one, um, that's tied to poor academic performance and low self-esteem. So by your child, if they are dealing with that in school, switching to homeschool avoids these um, negative effects on your child so that way they can better perform in school and stay focused on what they need to do. Also, on average, homeschoolers participate more in their community and are less sedentary and socialize with a wider mix of adults. So they have the ability to have those transferable skills with communicating with adults as well as children in their age range. Um, a lot of um, states, because homeschooling is legal in all 50 states, but because homeschooling has grown so much since it has become legal in all states, there are so many different programs for um, you as the parent or even the children to be involved with as a homeschooler. So that way, one, you can socialize with other homeschoolers. Um, two, they also offer different um, different organizations that you can pair with. So that way, you know, your, um, your kids are um, branching off and, and getting involved, whether it be with sports, whether it be with other projects and activities that they need to work on. So socialization isn't really an issue when it comes to homeschooling. Um, lastly, I do want to touch on um, the bigger scope of the flexibility um, and the freedom that comes with homeschooling. So if your child is struggling specifically with a certain subject 
um, or a specific concept that they're learning in school. As um, a homeschool child, you don't have to just rush through the lesson and move on as many teachers may have to just because they have to stick to a certain schedule. Um, so as, as your child is being homeschooled, they may struggle in certain areas, but advance in others. So the areas that they are struggling in, you can tailor your lesson and focus more on that and dedicate more time to make sure they're picking up that concept. And then those areas where they're advanced and they don't necessarily need to focus specifically on that, they're able to move on quicker um, in the lesson. Um, so if you are in public or private school, this brick and mortar schooling, um, you have to deal with a classroom full of children, 15 to 20 kids in a class um, dealing with one teacher and the teacher has to make sure that, you know, wherever, whatever um, education level that your child is in, whether they're advanced, medium or, or lower in their learning ability, um, the teacher has to ad, um, modify their styling so that everyone is grasping the concept. And so when that happens, the advanced students, they may pick up the concept right away, but the teacher is stuck continuing to explain the lesson. Whereas, you know, a child who is slower in their learning process or may learn different than everybody else, you know, they may get lost in the, the lesson because it's not tailored to their need. So as a, um, as a homeschooler, um, you, can, you can advance and tailor your, your message. Um, Lastly, homeschool allows you to break up that monotony of textbook learning. So with this flexibility, kids who may be visual learners or learning by doing and doing hands-on hands tasks, they're, um, that they may not be necessarily able to do these different activities in the classroom that allow them to learn um, in, in their own manner. So um, yeah. Homeschooling is amazing. Um, I do have other things, but I do want to hear from my opponent who is stuck on this brick and mortar and see what she has to say. <laughs> Girl, that was real cute. <laughs> Thanks, Alana. All right, compelling argument there for the non-heathens, as you say. Um, <laughs> heathens, though. <laughs> Paige, what you got for us? Okay, so for the purpose of my argument, I'm not even going to focus on academics, really, because one, math is math, grammar is grammar, it doesn't matter where you learn it, we're going to foil, right? Okay, and on top of that, statistics don't help my argument. <clears throat> there are actually, <laughs> students actually do a lot better um, academically in terms of GPA and SATs um, when it comes to homeschool and even going into college. That's great, but can your student make friends? Can your students sit in a classroom and can they interact with people from different socioeconomic classes, from different religions, different races? Can they do that? No, but they could foil. Okay, so I'd like us to approach this from the importance of socialization and the critical role that it plays in human development, okay? So um, interaction with other people and humans, it helps to determine a strong sense of self, 
navigating social interactions, um, developing milestones and determining human language and how to communicate. So in socialization, I'm sorry, in sociology, there's something called the agents of social, social, socialization. Um, so it's things like families, certain organizations, um, legal and penal institutes, uh, organizations and economic systems. And then the big one is like media and social media, mass media. Um, so these are all things that you get from the interaction at school, people who are completely different from you um, and people who bring something completely different and different ways of outlook into the classroom. So while children are afforded the opportunities of extracurriculars, um, as a parent, you would typically look at these other organizations and you might find something that matches closely with your beliefs. So for example, if I were to put my child into a dance class, I wanna find a teacher who is black because I want them to treat my child a certain way um, or a, a way that is not gonna make them feel less than the other white kids in their da dance class. Or if we go to a certain church, obviously we're gonna find a church that has the same religious beliefs or accepts our family in a way that we can you know, praise however we praise. Um, so of course, these are great things, but the ultimate goal is to enter into the workforce, enter into everyday life, knowing how to interact with people and knowing how to take on certain conflicts that come with human interaction. And so why would you want to hold your child back by not allowing them to experience as much as they can and see as much as they can before that exposure into the world happens. Um, so one thing that I did look at was the difficulty in learning. Um, and that was something that really stuck out to me because typically when you go into a brick and mortar school, you'll have a, like a slower class or special ed or a speech pathologist, excuse me, that will help your child in some learning issues. Now, while statistics do say that there doesn't tend to be a difference in learning from the parents who would be your teacher uh, education level, it is important that you have someone that is able to catch those learning disabilities or something that would hold your child back. And as someone who has no background in education, how can I prove or how can I test that out with my child while forcing them to read, but not understanding that maybe they're struggling with dyslexia or maybe they're struggling with, you know, whatever else is happening. Um, so I implore you, everyone, send your child to a brick and mortar school. Thank you. Mm, compelling. Thank you, Paige. All right. This is just going to be a free form discussion. Ladies, let's go. What you got to say? I got something to say. I got something to say. What you got to say? 
One, I appreciate my opponent coming in and letting you all know that the facts are facts and homeschooling is up here, okay? I don't know if y'all watching us on YouTube, but my hand is at my eyebrow. (laughs) And brick and mortar, it's very low on the totem pole in comparison to children's education. Now, academics are very important because, I mean, why else do you go to school, okay? The other things are sides on the plate, okay? And the other things that are sides can be picked up in various atmospheres within your life. So I do not, as a child or as a parent, mind you, I do not need to depend on schooling to enhance my child's socialization skills. I, as a parent, am going to be their number one advocate. So although I want to make sure that they are getting a good education, I also want to create that balance and not confine them to sitting at a desk in the house and just looking at the textbook and we going through lessons day to day. As a homeschooling parent, you're going to go out and socialize one, like I said, there are organizations that specify, um, excuse me, work specifically with homeschoolers. So you're going to have those socialization skills because you can meet up and team up with other families who homeschool their children. So whether that be field trips, whether that be um, in the curriculum activities um, and, and lessons that need to be learned that don't necessarily have to conform and, and be in this box of you know, we're only going to learn multiplication this way. You know what I mean? Like you can learn things in different ways um, and look at real life skills when it comes to that. So teaming up with other homeschoolers, that allows that socialization to take place. And there's not one type of person that does homeschool. There are people from various backgrounds, various religions, various cultures, various races that homeschool their children. So you're not only um, putting your child in a realm that is only dealing with, say, my, my family, Black Christian children ages three to five. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the only people that you would be interacting with. So mm, I hear you on the socialization side, but that isn't confined to only going to school. So what you got? Okay. Um, do you plan to keep your job as a homeschooling parent? Well, one, if I am an advocate for homeschooling, which I am, (laughs) (laughs) then our family would pre-discuss what needs to be done. Maybe I only need to work part-time because the rest of the time, can be dedicated to homeschooling my offspring. Part, yes. Part-time working, huh? So are you, you shaming know, those who choose to work part-time? I'm not shaming anybody that chooses to part work part-time. My question for them, do they have time for themselves? Do they have time for other people? Because let's be honest, most families, I think the average family has like what, two to three kids. So you're about to help these kids at three different school levels and work a part-time job and do whatever else your responsibility is in the house. Is that really fair to you? 
Well, COVID made a lot of things unfair. And some parents had to deal with working at home full time, teaching their children while they worked remote. Although they weren't the full-time teacher, they were more hands-on with their child's learning due to them being at home, breathing on their neck right there, asking for snacks. So that wasn't fair. However, you adapt as a parent and make things work. So as a parent, you are now figuring out different ways to be more flexible. And yes, you do need that that alone time, but that's why it's important to have your partner there to be able to help. And even if it's not your partner, because not everyone is in a two parent household, but you know, you have your village there to help you create that balance. That's the importance of communication. If you need help to step away so that you can have your alone mental, you know, time to get your mental together, then, you know, that's sometimes an option for people. But in some cases, like COVID didn't allow for it to be an optional, oh, I want to keep my children home from school while I work and provide. So I think that made it clear that it's able to be done. I would love to hear from all of these bosses of people who were working and helping kids homeschool because I mean, I have not surveyed everyone, but across the board, the people that I've spoken to, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. It absolutely is. Parenthood is a struggle. Parenthood is a struggle, but we're not talking about parenthood. We're talking about schooling. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about schooling. And we're talking about the way that either the children's education will suffer or the job will suffer. So really you're gonna have to pick one. I mean, you don't have to do anything, but I think that if you want to give your all in something, it's gonna be a a hard time doing both. I hear you. And my argument isn't for you to be a full-time working man or female and Mm -hmm. also homeschooling your child. My argument is you choosing to homeschool your child, that means you are dedicating this time frame to your child's education. And whether that's books, social, what have you, any type of development, that's what you're dedicating this time to. So if you do need the additional income, then yes, people will work a part-time job, whether that be in the evenings or on the weekend, wherever you can fit it in. But as a, as a parent who chooses to homeschool, you have already thought about what needs to be done funding wise. Mm-hmm. So you may have the, the flexibility to be a stay at home parent and school your child as well. So that is already worked into the process of becoming a homeschooled household. I would also like to talk about this uh, point of bullying as well. I just kind of feel like I feel like I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying this, but I feel like getting bullied and teased is a way of life. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> like I, especially growing up in PG County, you're going to get roasted. You're going to get roasted. Pretty Girl County. <laughs> Pretty Girl County, you're going to get roasted. So I feel like if you don't deal with how to handle people that are bullying you or treating you a specific way as a child, you're going to have to deal with that as an adult because it happens in the workplace too. So at some point, you're going to learn the lesson. You're going to have to 
learn how to navigate these types of situations, why not build up the self-esteem to do that as a child? Hmm. So do you think that made you a better person because you got bullied as a kid versus as an adult? Oh, I didn't get bullied. <laughs> okay. So if you didn't get bullied, there who's to say that a child, whether they're in school or not, is going to get bullied? No, that's true. That's true. Um I mean, no, but there's what else did you bring up? <laughs> we can bring up school shooting. Okay, 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 okay. Anything that's okay. negative. As... What'd you say? Right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Because you're foolish. <laughs> no, I was I was gonna say this feels like the perfect spot to get some closing final arguments, and then we're gonna move into our next segment for voting, and then we're gonna open this back up for more discussion with everybody. So I'm gonna actually go reverse and just say because you had something on your mind, Paige. What are your closing thoughts and arguments? My final thoughts are: don't do your child a disservice. Give them the opportunity to build, to learn themselves, to interact with different cultures. Send your kid to school. <laughs> That's it. Simply put, well, well articulated, Alana, closing thoughts and arguments. <laughs> That's all I can. The only thing I have to say, because I don't need to say much. I've already said it all. But um, the only thing I want to say is that there is a negative stigma when it comes to homeschooling. And if you are a parent that is considering it or interested in it, just understand that there are resources and tools out there to make that, a, like to enhance that experience for you and your child. And it will take a lot of patience because trust me, teachers have a high level of patience that most people do not have. So I just want to say that if you are considering that route, I think that there are resources out there for you to make that decision and make the right decision. And it will also allow your child to one, build that education, build that social aspect. Okay. As I've said, and then also um, I think there is character development as well when you, when you choose to homeschool. So. Great. Thank you, Alana and Paige as usual very spicy so we are going to get into our voting section again ladies i want to remind you that we are voting on the quality of the debate not how you actually feel and so for the order of this debate i am going to go in order of observable facial expressions highest to lowest <laughs> starting with tiani you just rolled your eyes again proving my point you had the most facial expressions so we want your vote too uh to start with um, there was one point that was made by someone that I had never even thought of, but now that I think of it, I can't stop thinking about it. And it's the fact that you need a live person to diagnose the kids with, um, student, I mean, with learning disabilities. Uh, I've seen so many parents who cannot see that their children have certain conditions. Mm -hmm. And when you say homeschooling, um, you're very seldomly talking about live homeschooling, which is a live teacher that would have picked up on something like that. You're usually talking about a, a computer program teaching a child, which won't pick up on dyslexia or, you know, the fact that some kids need a color overlay or something like that. 
So because Paige brought up that point about, you know, needing to diagnose kids and needing a live person to diagnose kids, Paige has my vote. Okay, one for Paige. Next on my list of facial expressions is Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my many facial expressions was because we kept throwing statistics out about homeschool and how it's, the statistics say it's better than public school. So I did some searching while you were talking and only 3% of the nation's children are homeschooled. And out of that 3%, 51%, I mean, 68% are Caucasian. So I say that to say, when I think of education, I always think of the black child and urban education. And so homeschooling, especially the area I work in, how do I say this politically correct? There would be a lot of, we would have to have a lot of parent classes on how to homeschool your child. So public school in certain areas, I feel is beneficial. Um, But my vote goes to the person that you probably wouldn't think I would vote for, which would be the homeschool person, just because Alana came with lots of facts. And you could kind of tell she went through like the benefits of homeschooling. And some of them I really never um, thought of because um, I would probably be more on Paige's side when she brought up the real life aspects of everything that you kind of have to plan to homeschool your child. Um, But just for the facts and the research, I'm going to go with Alana. Mm, Okay. One for Alana, one for Paige. Now, Alex and Christy were giving me the same vibe, but we're just going to go with Alex first. (laughs) So, I mean, we probably didn't have, well, I didn't have as many emotions because I'm not an educator like Tiani and Lindsay. So my, my is influenced. But um, what I will say is that I know very little about homeschooling. Um, I do know like two people who were homeschooled that I met in college. um, And I can see the effects that homeschool had on them. Um, from a socialization purpose is not necessarily bad, but I can see the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say as far as the arguments go, um, kind of like Lindsay said, one thing I was not, um, didn't know were all of the resources that are available for specifically for homeschool people. Like it's cause my thought was always you in the house with just you and your parent or whoever the case is all day, you know, you don't got no socialization. You don't have any socialization skills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got no Sounds like public school. school for you, girl. You don't have any socialization skills, um, but I appreciate that Alana brought um, all these resources and different ways in which you can get those um, opportunities, um, and kind of the rebuttals you had to some of Paige's points that I would have brought up as far as bringing up um, who is teaching these kids all day long and. I don't, I'm not going to agree with the bullying, but I see where you were going with that. Um, but, you know, with those things. So all that to say, um, my vote's going to Ilana. Uh-oh. No, no pressure, Christy. But it's kind of all on you right now. Do the right thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> so just because we're going on debate alone and content alone, um, I think both sides brought up good points. Alana about the specificity, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The specificity 
uh, the program, you could tailor to your child. And then Paige on the socialization um, that schooling gives, as well as the point that Tiani mentioned about um, having other eyes besides your own, because as a parent, just looking at my parent or my mom, like nothing's wrong with your child, right? Or it takes you longer to see if something's, it seems like it takes longer to see if something is going wrong because that's your child, you know? Um, so I'm going to have to go with Alana just because she was giving me info, uh, infomercial no, <laughs> giving me the details. If you need more information, call this number. <laughs> I could give you an <laughs> Um, Alana broke it down and she was giving me the details and saying, if you need more help, go here. So I'm going to have to go with Alana. Paige's petty clap is A1. Right. <laughs> It is the petty clap. With What's the her name? What's her name? Who was clapping like this? <laughs> um, Speaker of the House. I don't know, yes, Nancy yes. Pelosi. 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 That's the clap you were given, but we still appreciate the sportsmanship. So that was really interesting. Clearly, Alana is the winner. There is so much to unpack here, though. So right. So like, who does somebody just want to go on first, or do I need to call on somebody? Because it's a lot to unpack. Well, let me just say that I am not pro homeschool. I don't have the patience for children <laughs> in education. Period. So I know, like, and I, I think with your own child, you have a different level of patience when it comes to teaching than you would other people's kids because my mama is an educator <laughs> and baby oh my gosh like first of all besides the fact that I was in her class two years in a row as her she was my liter literature teacher for wow. seventh and eighth grade and it was, it was very unpleasant, I will say. <laughs> one, if you didn't study or prepare yourself for class, she was digging in that ass. You know what I mean? Whereas other people would be like, oh, well, you know, you're a great student. So I understand things happen. Like I couldn't make up an excuse for her. Like I live with you. You watched me not do the homework. So <laughs> <laughs> there was no excuse. But I feel like, the way in which like my patience level like even with my nieces and nephews like I would be like oh okay like you're learning no but with your child it's like I know I told you to do x y and z and you still didn't do x y and z so I think for me specifically that would be different and I couldn't homeschool my child mm -hmm. um but also at the same time there is part of that I'm not skilled in recognizing that something is wrong so that is one thing like I couldn't rebut because that is true. Like unless that was like something you studied or specialized in and you have that specific training, then I can't back you up. Like something might be wrong and you might not recognize it until they're 25 years old. Someone I know just got diagnosed with ADD and they're 25, but we're not going to talk about that. Please don't so, people <laughs> So Paige, what did you actually think? Um, yeah, so I'm 100% for brick and mortar schools. I do know a few people that are 
that were homeschooled and again smart kids would you want to go to their birthday party <laughs> no no <laughs> because i'm not gonna call them weird it's not that they were weird but it was just like socially you, awkward you have to know that this is not normal what you're doing right now <laughs> and um alana brought up a great point i forgot about the idea of like me sitting at home with my mom trying to teach me no absolutely not we, we all got <laughs> it's, it's we unsafe, all got silent it's on unsafe that. for black children which is why it was 67 percent Caucasian when I think about my mom helping me with homework y'all if that pencil lead broke (laughs) if I had to erase too many times baby in the trash oh my god (laughs) start over I can wish that on nobody so for me I I just think that um I know I completely agree with my argument. I just think it's so important for people to be exposed to different things. Um, like even the idea of being in a class with people who learn at a different pace than you, I think that's important because it teaches you how to work with other people mm-hmm. um, that you're gonna eventually have to deal with later on in life. So mm-hmm. so even though I'm supposed to be hosting and not debating, I just want to say something that's personal to me is that all of these debates are circumstantial and we have to pick a side that's very polarizing, but it's obviously going to be, it depends, but you can be bullied anywhere. You can be my misdiagnosed anywhere. You can be taught wrong anywhere. And I know for me in kindergarten and in first grade, I was always diagnosed as like a troublemaker. I talked too much. I was always isolated in the corner to the point that my mom had to start, start taking off work to volunteer in my classrooms. And she was like, she's bored. The kid, these other kids are still working on their assignments and she's done. So she's talking to them and she needs more work. And so, (gasps) hey, hey, nephew. Um, So I think that that can happen to you. You can still be misdiagnosed, even if you're in the classroom, like just because you're a teacher, just because you have training doesn't mean that you still know what you're doing there's still plenty of bad teachers so I think that you're vulnerable to that anywhere because I experienced that even in a public school okay um well I will follow up um I agree with public school um and just to Tina's point what she just said is that's why like you said teaching is not for everybody so hopefully that teacher that you had who was putting you in the corner or whatever, especially in kindergarten and first grade, those are talking too much is an expectation. Like they're going to talk to their children. Hopefully she got maybe some professional development or decided to change teaching careers. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, not teaching careers, but career in life. But I will, I would say that homeschooling is important as well, because as a parent, you're also a teacher it may not be the academic standpoint, but you teach your students so, I mean, your child so much every day, just daily life. So if you don't have a structured home and whatever that structure looks like for you, when your child comes into um, a public or private school, it, that piece really um, impacts their learning at school. And so 
one thing I can, I say that to say that COVID, even though many parents became the teacher assistant or they were teaching multiple grade levels at one time, I know for me and at my school, parent engagement went up so much and parents truly could see what their student was learning in class. And they knew how to support their child once class was over in that virtual space. And so I really hope that the parent engagement continues to increase because where I am, it's very low. And so it would be a struggle getting parents to come in to even see how they can support their child at home, how they can um, come into the, the school. It's an open door policy. I'm not sure how that's gonna be now with COVID, but like we are a community, we're a team. And so I feel like homeschooling for me is not the sense of, okay, I'm the teacher but I'm the child's first teacher if I decide to have children. And so when, um, like I'm sure now y'all showing y'all kids colors, you're showing them the alphabet, like all of that is so important. And you have a lot of parents, I wouldn't say because it's their fault, but they don't really do that piece. And so you can really see how much work has to go into helping that child um, develop socially emotionally and a whole lot of other and like physically even like with their motor skills when they do come into school and so I just say all that to say I hope that that teamwork effort continues once we go back into some type of normalcy um at the beginning of the school year because I, it was very beneficial from what I've seen um this school year so do you think that um as far as parents go do you think it would help with them being more involved, taking COVID out of the situation? Mm -hmm. But do you think it would help if other parents kind of called on each other? You know what I mean? To like hold each other accountable to doing so? Because it's like, yeah, there might be letters coming home from the school like, hey, we need volunteers for XYZ or parent teach conference or whatever. But like, if your parent wasn't like that to you as a child, then you're not necessarily going to do that when your child is in school. But I think, well, I'm just wondering like, if y'all think that having like peer accountability as a parent would help with that involvement. Yeah, which is, I'm, sorry. Sorry, I sorry just, no, go ahead. So we have a parent liaison at my school and it's, I feel like that's an important position because sometimes as an educator, it can be intimidating to parents who think that you're the know-it-all yeah. and you know everything. And so now if I come and ask you a simple question, I kind of feel like, oh, I should probably know what this is, but I really don't. So our parent liaison um, is from the community. All of our parents know her and she just has that report. And so that's really helped bring in a lot of our parents. And now, even though we've always had an open door policy, you see them coming into the school more asking questions. What's my student's test score? What reading level are they on? So yeah, I think it's, I think it's very beneficial. Okay. Sorry, Tina. No, that was, that was a great comment. I was just gonna say like, even though I just have a baby baby, you know, just like having a network of other mothers and asking them what they're doing. I think that parenting can also be cultural, just like Paige kind of said, black parenting, like you benchmarking can be negative, but it can also be positive in the sense that like, 
you're going to benchmark yourself versus what your friends are doing. If they're doing ABCs, you're going to do ABCs. If they're checking your homework, you're going to check their homework. If they're going to the back to school night, you're going to go back to the back to school night. So I just feel like whether it's the liaison or whether it's having that community of parents who you can tap into to just say like, hey, my kid has a senior project. How are you helping them? I think that's super important because you also just don't know what you're doing. I yeah. forgot who, who Ablana or Paige said it, like you might not be the te- your teacher type parent. So it's just like to just ask somebody else, like, Hey, I don't know what to do, but I'll do what y'all are doing. Which, what are y'all doing? You know, it's helpful. Yeah. I think, um, homeschooling what it was when we were coming up in school is so much different now so like shout out to Aya Educational Institute because uh without them I don't know where I would be in this whole math uh English world but um so for instance they have like they do homeschooling but they teach kids from like across the states so they can dial in they have different teachers in their um unit and then so those different teachers are teaching the different grade levels and so they stay on the levels that you're supposed to be per grade but then you can also kind of tailor and it's still small enough to tailor um you know for how somebody's learning but also still challenging a child because you don't want to coddle too much like you still want to be able to challenge and be able to learn and grow. Um, my situation with schooling was, I feel like to pick between homeschool and um, like going to a building can change at the various different education levels. So like for elementary, like maybe you'll send them to school, but then maybe you feel they're not getting what they need. I had a teacher like Tina where it was our math teacher and I do a lot of math like I was doing it in my head versus writing it down so because everybody else would like get started writing and I'm thinking and then writing stuff down or because I did stuff differently they just felt like I wasn't getting it or I wasn't I wasn't doing it the right way I guess so um yeah so labeling based on just kids doing something differently I know I think we've probably all had at least one teacher Mm -hmm. like that (laughs) but um also what was I gonna say anyway back to the homeschooling so now there's like homeschool communities so you have different parents who homeschool their kids and then like even here, I know at West End Performing Arts Center here in Atlanta, um, there would be days where those kids who are homeschool, they can come and do certain classes. And so then they get to interact with other kids and get that level of socialization that you may be missing from going to um, brick and mortar school. So like they have dance classes or arts and crafts or like storytelling, stuff like that. So then you get, you get to meet with other um, kids from the community who are probably also being homeschooled. So you get that network. And then um, to the parent aspect, then I guess you get to meet with other parents who are homeschooling at that point and kind of talk um, 
talk about lessons or I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like my my cousin has a group too where they do the same thing. Like it's her and a group of parents who are there as like resources for parents who maybe want to start homeschooling and don't know where to start or looking for different activities they can do with their kids. So it's like homeschooling has changed so much. And while it may not be important for the, or it may not be something that you do all K through 12, Mm -hmm. but um, just the experiences I've had personally, like if I could go back, I would probably have switched to homeschooling at some point or have requested it. Yeah. I know a lot of people do it in the early years and then they may send their child to high school for like- Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now let I feel me throw like that's kind of a culture shock. <laughs> yes, it is. To, be, to go, I feel, I feel like I would start early in brick and mortar, and then maybe I said they socialize when they homeschool. No, I'm, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's 2021. I'm not talking about 19 woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened back then, but now you can socialize. Was there? You All right, let me let me ask this controversial question for the group that you guys remind me of when you were debating systemic racism is a thing in the school place right Mm -hmm. and so when you guys were kind of talking I was thinking like would homeschool be a better way to overcome systemic racism or not because on the one side it's like systemic racism make make it harder to homeschool on the other side public school may promote it so what do you guys think Tiani looks like she got something to say (laughs) could happen anywhere um because some of that happens within the curriculum so if you're if you're learning a different version of history like in the particular state that i stay in where you know slaves are more or less volunteers in textbooks you know what i'm saying if you're still using that textbook then you're still being taught by systemic racism if you're not allowed to learn the truth and some curriculums online were not built with african-american children or minority children in mind because like she said, what percentage of homeschool children were not white? Like that curriculum was never meant for you in the first place. So it depends on what curriculum you use. You can very easily get uh, a not racist curriculum, just a curriculum that lies or, you know, smears the truth. So that, that can happen anywhere. I'm sorry, the curriculum said that slaves were volunteers? <laughs> Texas it was textbooks had like, a real problem. It, it was a whole yeah. national story. I how they tried. That. Yeah, they had to, they tried to change all the textbooks in Texas to uh, soften uh, how the slaves were treated, and and it was a whole thing. So like again, those issues are bigger. Like there are some things that can happen both in in homeschooling and in brick and mortar schooling. Because the problem that I see in homeschooling or schooling without a live teacher is integrity. A lot of these kids are Googling assignments, Googling answers. And then when it comes to the test, oh, my baby just test bad. No, your baby's an idiot because he didn't learn anything and he Googled all the answers. Okay. But is that not a skill? Yeah, yeah not in school. In it's school, called being resourceful. Outside of That's school how I got is collaboration That's how and I got resourceful. In college. school, it's cheating. In school, it's cheating, okay? Like, is it at a certain level, you can use a calculator. Before that certain level, you can't use a calculator. It's, okay, it's level okay, to okay. It's level. I hear that, I hear that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
talking about systemic racism, um, I don't know if they still use this, but they did when we were in school. So uh, tracking students. So like around first or second grade, either your advanced, your average, or you're in the lower classes. Um, and so I do believe that is also a form of systemic racism. And homeschooling would be a great way to get out of that do they still use do they use that in atlanta or i'm sorry where you guys live (laughs) (laughs) so i think it depends Mm -hmm. on the school system you're in because we um group our students with all different levels where i where now i think it may start you may start seeing it more middle and high school Mm-hmm. But in elementary, of course, you have gifted students. Um, of course, you have, I forget what the other ones are, where they get like pulled out and different yeah, things. they get pulled out of class. But they're not necessarily, okay, Miss Miss Brown has all the high students. Miss Green has all the, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's how it was when I was in school. And you definitely saw a racial trend. Mm-hmm. That's how it was um, when I was in school. So I would say the benefit there is like, okay, now I can build my son's confidence. Like maybe he's not the smartest, but at least I can teach him how to present himself in a certain way or like have that level of confidence to talk about the stuff that he's talking about in a way that he can compete with Becky Sue, who I don't know. Well, I was going to say, like, part of that, though, if you, I'll use math, for example, right? With math, math builds on itself as you get older, right? So sometimes, even with adults, like, if you have missed this chapter of math Mm -hmm. at some point in life, everything else, it just doesn't click, right? And so I remember helping someone. Um, and they were studying to be a teacher. Um, and so they were taking like the, what's it called? Um, the praxis. 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 Yeah, I wanted to say PSAT and I knew that wasn't right. They were taking the praxis, right? And so the praxis has like this big old math section. I don't know whether it was praxis one or two, but like the stuff they were going over, I was like, yeah, like this is basic. You know what I mean? Also coming from the fact that I was a chemical engineer and I'm taking every single math course they make you take. So obviously that's not the way I should have went about it. But like the way I was explaining stuff, it just, it made me backtrack. And then I reached the point where it's like, oh, here's the disconnect. Let me give you some examples of how to work this out. And then once that person mastered it, then it was like everything else seemed to kind of fall in place. So I think a lot of times with students in general, like there may be at one point, third grade, you know what I mean? Like that third grade teacher you had a disconnect with that teacher where it led to a disconnected lessons. And then now it's just like everything else from there has been kind of like teetering and downhill. So like a lot of times I feel like if that child was homeschooled, maybe there wouldn't have created that disconnect. You know what I mean? Like I would have been able to focus on whatever that issue was and it kept building you up from there. You know what I mean? So whether it be in academics or whether it be you know, a black child button heads with a white teacher, you know what I mean? Because that's a lot of times what the issue is as well. 
some of those factors may be eliminated when it comes to being homeschooled versus going in class and going to school. So I'm gonna go on a social level. Mm-hmm. On a social level, I think being in a school building helped a lot more than being homeschooled. Just because when you're homeschooled, especially if you're the traditional that we know, like just you at home with your parent, not really doing those other social aspects. Mm-hmm. Like if your parent is um, a dormant or not so dormant, like racist, like that's what you're going to grow to know as normal. Mm-hmm. So like the school where me and my husband met, I appreciated that school a lot because there wasn't more one of anything. Like we had um, Asian, we had European, we had um, African or African-American. Like there was people from all over and mixed. And so it kind of gives you a more understanding, like whatever, even if you're getting something different at home, if you come to school, and majority are kind of like blending with each other at least like you kind of learn other ways to be social with people who don't look like you so socially I feel like going to a building um, gives you more experiences with people who look different from you and are from different can be from different areas um, than you are Mm -hmm. if we don't think about like district districting so much yeah. I see. I have the exact opposite experience in school. My high school was super diverse, but Maryland is very segregated, which is my hometown. Okay. Like there, there is a lot of diversity, but I feel like in my high school, that diversity wasn't always intermingled. It was like a white group of friends, a black group of friends, a Spanish group of friends, an Asian group of friends. Like, and yes, we would all interact at times, but it was like the friends were very segregated. And so when I was thinking about systematic racism, I was thinking about the education piece, like Tiani said, but also just socially, I felt like a lot of the parents' views showed up in the kids' views as well and with it being segregated. And that was something I had to work through with like not being in class with my friends, right? Like if you're taking those AP classes and that systematic racism is stacking up. And so it's like socially I'm hanging out with the black kids, but in my classes, I'm not with them. And I felt alienated. So I'm not sure which homeschooling or public school helps with that. But I felt like just because I had the diversity numbers didn't mean that my school was like integrated and diverse. But it still allowed you, if somebody got called a nigger at your school, there was a reaction to that, right? Is there a way you can believe no. that? Okay, I'll figure it out. Why? It's just, it's just the word, but it's just, you're just saying you're not using it in a derogatory way. I mean, so, and my answer to that is no. Like I heard that used in my school from white people mm-hmm. and it was from a, I, I dare somebody to stop me from using this word inward 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 and it's like nobody was really gonna fight about that it was just kind of like and there's people who had confederate flags in their cars and in their trucks and it was just like it wasn't it 
was things that the black kids were accustomed to experiencing. So, so I guess I have a question. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I, my point was that at my school, if somebody said something that they picked up at home, there was gonna be a consequence for it, not necessarily from the school, but you were probably gonna get punched. Oh. There was gonna be an issue. <laughs> Oh, you mean like handled by the students? It's, it's going to get handled. Yeah. And so my it's, point is like, if you are going to homeschool with, uh, and you're being taught these things from your parents, you're going to enter the world not understanding, like not everybody thinks like this, you know? Yeah. I but think your parents more, are, sorry, go ahead, Tiani. Go ahead, I think Tiani. that's more of an environment issue. Um, and as a teacher, at an alternative school, you learn to respect and correct environment issues because there are some children that only know their environment. And so when you explain to them, X, Y, and Z is not the way we do things in the world, they are completely confused because what you just told me is regular people in the world don't match with their mama before school and don't just show up to school with a high because their mama wanted to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, that's, that's shocking for a kid, but you know, like, it's just something you have to deal with. You have to explain to people. And that's why I think the best thing about college is you had to get out of your environment and you met so many other people from so many other different environments, but you got to get a little bit of taste of, you know, how people did it in Jamaica or how many people, how people did it in New York or how people did it in California those are environmental issues and I don't think you you'll be able to I don't think that's something you can fix at high school because I had the exact opposite of Tenna's uh situation my high school was all black and we didn't have any like my gifted class was all black like you know what I'm saying like we didn't have any of those problems but that's also because that's how the city that I grew up in is completely segregated but we just all stayed you know together you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I think that's an environment issue and that's not necessarily something that you can fix in school. I think it's a school. I think it's a school issue um, because, well, I grew up in a school just like Tina, only black girl in those honor AP classes. Um, like she said, all the other black kids would go to other classes. Um, and it was, it was like the school allowed for those certain things to happen um and I'm not gonna say they were just like yeah y'all could do this but just from the vibe and the culture of the school it was like nobody ever corrected it or it wasn't like okay let's come together and have um, a culturally diverse program where maybe we have different you know groups introduce themselves like we literally had a protest at my high school for black history month because nobody acknowledged it so it's certain things that I feel like are school issues um, because yes, you may have, you may learn that at home, but at school, it should be unacceptable. Like it should not be allowed to happen in school. Like y'all waving a flag down the hallway, you come in with your Dixie chick shirt, like you say in the N word, like all of this like type stuff. But then you correct me if my skirt was too short. So it's like, and my skirt, it was because you told me, well, you don't look the same as they do in this particular type of outfit. Fingertips, mm -hmm. it was fingertips. But you told me I don't look the same as they do. Like you literally mm -hmm. said. So that meant that it was acceptable to kind of 
have this type of culture at the school. So it should be addressed at the school level. Mm -hmm. Just like we address bullying. Just yeah, like I just want to say real quick, the Dixie Chicks are for the people. Let's leave them well, out. The Dixie Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> what was the shirt? It's like a Dixie. Um, I forget. You know what you're talking about. I forgot. But I don't name. remember the name of it. But it had like it was like the, they all had these shirts where it was just like the Confederate flag. But it was, oh, I don't know what that was. I know what you're talking about. Oh, is it from it's the from show? show? It's from that show. And they oh, have the Heart Confederate of flag. Dukes of Hazard? No, Dukes, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Because the girl would wear like the crock top and the little bitty shorts, but in the shirt had the little Confederate flag on it. But, and then you go as far to the fact as, so now, because Henry County where I'm from, Black people started moving out there because, you know, you do the, we always constantly doing the flip-flop, whatever. Mm -hmm. So all these black people moving out there, so they're building more schools. You mm -hmm. all go to the board to get the lines redistricted so oh, that yeah. not so many black kids are now going to this school. So it it is, I feel like, a school. That's an environment issue. That's way bigger than the school. No, so, yeah. if the school redistricts it because parents are complaining, that is the school. So I have a question. Um, just... Okay, so from hearing everything you all are saying, and I guess kind of tying to Tennis' systematic racism question, and maybe I'm confused and maybe you guys can help me. All of these don't necessarily sound like an issue between brick and mortar and homeschool. This sounds like a locality issue. So whether I go to a brick and mortar school or I'm homeschool in this racist you know, county, I, you know, the white kids either gonna learn the racism at home or they're gonna go to a high school or a school that doesn't seem to condemn this racism and they're clearly not being retaught that there. Mm -hmm. So to me, it seems like a locality issue and not necessarily where you were taught it. Um, I and I, I say this because, you know, we're talking about where we went. I went to a predominantly white high school, but I went to a predominantly white high school in a very, very liberal city. So I had the liberal white people, you know, these weren't the old, you know, regnet country boy white people. So to Paige's question, it would have been addressed, but it also never would have happened as far as I knew. And so I felt like in this, this, the city that I went to school at, which was one very different than the city right next to me, like going to city and going to school in Chapel Hill is very different than going to school in Durham. And it's right across the lines. In Durham, it's predominantly Black schools. And those schools do tend to be a little segregated. Most of the white kids went to one school. Most of the Black kids went to a different school. And so that was a different issue. So to me, it seems like as far as that part, it depends on where you are. Can I, can, I want to do two quick things. Yeah, two quick things. First, I want to address when I said no to Paige that it, those things wouldn't get corrected. My experience is being in a diverse school, but being the only black person in a white environment, in a white classroom. Okay. And so the thing is, is that when those kids learn that behavior from their parents, their parents also know the time and the place. So no, they probably wouldn't have said what they was said in front of me, in front of, you know, a six foot black boy in our high school but I was in the math AP class hearing these things, right? And so, and then I would see them leave the class and interact with black kids. So I, I get what you're saying, Paige, but the reason I'm saying no is because that's how their parents are. It's kind of two-faced. That, that's what I was experiencing. And then to Alex's piece 
Um, I totally agree with your perspective on locality, but I think there's a duality here. It, it sounded like you were speaking from the perspective of the person who's exercising the racism. But when I thought about the question, I was thinking about it as a person who's experiencing the racism. So from like a kid experiencing systematic racism, then it is a question of can, can you mitigate that via high school? I mean, homeschool or brick and mortar. I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer. I but. don't think you mitigate it. I think you maybe reduce it because if it's within your community, you might not see it at home in them seven hours that you're in oh, right. school. Right. When you go outside and you go back into the community, you're still exposed to it. You just reduce you are, it. but not. that's the major the majority of your time. Like if you're in high school, you are there from like seven a.m. to four p.m. Like that is the majority. Yes. Yeah, Exactly. And so like, see, my sister works in social services and she was like the liaison for um, kids who were temporarily in a shelter having to go to school and just how it was district. They always got routed to these schools that were unprepared to handle for these boys. And it was like examples of like a black boy couldn't afford the $20 ticket to prom because he's in a shelter and because he didn't have parents instead of calling Sierra they literally had this boy arrested oh yeah they for trespassing on the prom true true live story and so and that so I'm only just clarifying like yes your perspective is right Alex but I think the question of homeschool versus brick and mortar comes from like the person experiencing the racism versus the person exercising the racism. Two different situations. All right. So that was an interesting conversation. Does any, before we close this up. Yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. What would you all, well, y'all, some of y'all have kids. Some of us don't. What would be your option for your child? I'll start. I am going to start a, I'm going to start a private school uh, for predominantly black kids, whether I have kids or not, like that's always what I've wanted to do. Um, everybody wants to recreate, you know, their experience, whether it's the exact experience or the exact opposite. I want to give kids the experience I had and I just want to do it privately because I have other things that I want to do, but that's, that's my plan, a private black school. And what are we buying to support this uh, black school page? Grit money. Give me your grit money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think mine would be tailored. Just on my personal experience, if I didn't have certain things in the beginning years, like elementary, middle, um, I don't know how I would have handled like high school, college. So I, I would say tailored. I would start off letting my kids go to a building just because I feel like it is important for those early social years um, and early learning years, just in my perspective and my personal experiences. Um, and then Taylor, like, I don't know, I'm not an educator and I probably don't have the patience that uh, <laughs> Tiani and Lindsay do, <laughs> but um, you know, I'll do the little extra stuff at home, mm -hmm. but I would be tailored. I'll start off in brick and mortar and then adjust if, as I go, depending on where we are. I don't think I've ever considered homeschooling and I don't think I ever will. Um, but don't quote me because you know, <laughs> things can obviously change, but I think I would be more focused in particular about what type 
of brick and mortar mm-hmm. versus brick and mortar versus homeschool. You know what I mean? Like I would be more focused on, yes, I'm sending my child to school, but where am I sending them? Mm-hmm. And no, I can't protect them from everything, but my main goal is to make sure one, they're protected and two, they're getting the education that they need so that they can do whatever it is that they're destined to do. So I would with- say, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say same response from me. Um, homeschooling will never be on the docket. So it'll be, you know, private versus public versus charter versus whatever. In short, same answer as you two. I'm not a teacher. So homeschooling is not an option for me. I would like to do public school because we picked our house based on being in a good district. So it's just like, I'm definitely not trying to spend the buckets if I don't have to. (laughs) However, if the circumstances arise and Gloria needed something more tailored, then we will do it. Um, So brick and mortar. Um, One thing I wanted to just kind of throw out there, I'd been thinking about it the whole time, but I never said anything is when I first think about the idea of homeschool, really the first thing that comes to my mind is the feasibility of that. Um, I think we talk about it, um, you know, as it, as if it really is just like, do I want to homeschool? Do I want to send them to school? But in most cases, kind of Paige mentioned, it's not really feasible for me to necessarily homeschool my child um, because there is some level of, you have to be at home all day for that. Um, so that, that is a sacrifice and not to say that you can't do it, but you know, for a lot of people, that's not really a realistic option. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there, but regardless of that, I don't think I'm qualified to teach anybody's child anything. (laughs) Um, so no, I think they will be, it's probably similar to page an idea of public, private charter, whatever the case is, Um, And again, just to put that out there, there's a level of privilege that comes with that as well. And being able to make that decision um, of being able, even if it is a public school thing, being able to live in a certain district to where I don't have to worry about the type of public school that my kid went to. Um, Like for me, I went to public high school, but Chapel Hill is a very expensive county to live in. And so public high school in Chapel Hill is like private school in any other county. So there's still very much a level of privilege that comes to even when you just talk about brick and mortar school. Uh, so I just thought that just needed to kind of be put out there. Um, and for me, I would definitely be doing brick and mortar unless my child is some type of celebrity superstar and I just have to <laughs> homeschool them. Um, but what I wish more people would like there was more education on parents have school choice and a lot of people I feel like don't realize that like in in my district where I work parents can actually sign up to send their kids wherever they would like to go now do a lot of people take advantage of that opportunity no and so they just go to their neighborhood school but you actually have the option to shop around the same thing is in DC you have the option as a parent to shop what no, I was just going to ask, oh. is that a state by state thing? Because that's what I thought. Delaware allows you to choice. Um, I school, think but I didn't know. Probably county by county. By it's probably county by county for sure. Oh, okay. But I know that you can put in an application now. Will they approve it? Yeah. 
I'm not sure, but you can definitely apply. Yeah. And then even me as an educator, I work in the system. So I, if I want to send my child not to my school I work at, I have the option of looking at other schools in the district. Um, instead, I feel like my parents, when they wanted a better school for me, yes, we moved to an all-white area. I'm not sure if that's how many parents thought, but um, they were like, hey, this this ain't the place right here. Um, not knowing that it can impact you. Like I got a good education academic wise, but as far as everything else, other things that come with, you know, that type of sit, being in that type of situation, but definitely yeah. we'll be choosing public. Um, or I appreciate us having these conversations. Cause I think a big thing to note is that we know we, you know, our parents, for the, a lot in cases did what they knew. Mm -hmm. um, I think my mom did a similar thing. She sent me, well, we, I was in Chapel Hill, but even when we moved, I stayed in Chapel Hill schools because it was the, you know, the money school and it was a predominantly white school. And so to, you know, a lot of, especially older parents, that seems like the better option. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know more, you know, than that. So I think we have a lot more insight into what all encompasses that school. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of uh, one big thing that Lindsay mentioned, I really liked was that even aside from just the ideal homeschooling, you, even if your kid is going to brick or mortar school, you still being involved in their education at home is a form of homeschooling. I think that's a critical component. I'm not teaching my kid at home, but I can still be very much involved in what they're doing at school mm -hmm. and being, and knowing what they're doing. So I think that's a critical part of it, regardless of what you choose. That yeah. part is so important. That part mm -hmm. so important. There are some school districts that don't want you to know that you have school choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it it is usually presented as here's your ticket to this school and not you are allowed to shop around. And so what I think we have to come together and do is we have to make sure that parents are knowledgeable of their options, mm -hmm. um, because I've watched I've watched people find loopholes and create loopholes for athletes to go to different schools. So yes. if you're an athlete, particularly at the high school level, I will find a way for you to go to the school that I want you to go to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you need to do that for all children, whether they're athlete or, you know, they play the violin or they just play Pokemon cards, whatever, like you need to present all options to all parents. So people understand that they are not locked in to whatever school they were given a ticket to or whatever they moved around the corner from. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, we, we need to, you know, even if we do something like a guide and I say we, but somebody does something like a guide, like, Hey, these are the schools, this is how they're graded. And this, these are your options. You do not have to go to this school. This is the process to go to these other schools, yep. so on and so forth. It's about, but how does, how does transportation work? If you choose you oh. know, your local school, you have They'll to pick you up. Uh, well, Depends. no. Um, so for us, you have to get your child there and after so many absences and i mean not absence but like tardies then they will start being like okay this may not be working for you mm -hmm. but i feel like if you want your child to go to that school you're going to make a way for them to get there um and i know a lot of schools have after after school care so whatever you'll you know what i'm saying plan it out to make it work for your schedule um but yeah, Tina, I know for, for my district, the transportation, if you choose a school, you have to um, figure out how to get your child there. What I, yeah. have, what I have seen is that some of the coaches have friends that have transportation services. Again, if a school wants you as an athlete, 
you will get there whether they have to feed you breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack, and then get you back home, it doesn't do it matter. You know what I'm saying? So the people at the school will work with you as well. Yeah. Some schools, um, this is my last comment so we can end, but um, when I was in high school, one, I attempted to choice into a different school. I applied and I got accepted. So I was going to go to a school in a different district, um, but their bus, and the same with the actual charter school that I ended up going to, but like the bus pickup wasn't to the front of my street or in front of my house, like normal if I went to my school district. So I would have had to either walk to the neighborhood or walk to the be the neighborhood behind us or walk to the beginning of the neighborhood. But like you, you have a specific, we're only going to here. Right, right. Like this is our cutoff. So if you can meet us here, we'll pick you up and this will be your pickup and drop off spot. And then others, they're like, you just have to provide your own transportation. So it all depends on what school, the county, it like all of that depends on where you're choosing. And I guess, like you said, depending on what city, of course, if you're in high school, you can jump on a train or jump on the bus. Like, so right. Public transportation. That, that was my first time in DC. I was like, they got no school bus. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I used to work at an elementary school and I had a third grader get on the train with me. I'm like, where are you going? Yes, like, but home. they all get on the public transportation. Yeah. Which right, blew my mind. It's a very good system. So yeah, I know about that. There was, and I'm totally—I know I'm going to kill the conversation with this, but there was a lady who I know got arrested for using her old address or using a different address to get her child in the school they wanted, and they yeah. sent that's, her behind yeah, to that jail. But that is different. But I'm just saying, you can't. Yes. But that's lying, right? So right. if yeah. you mm-hmm. fill out an application to go to the school, then but people do Talk that about something different. People do that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just make sure you get your kid. So this is what I gotta say. You just gotta get in good with the school because honestly, we have a lot of kids that do that. But if your kid is and this is probably wrong because you should not discriminate. But if you get your kid there on time, they straight A, they don't cause no behavior issues. You ain't and raising no red flag. To you. Nobody saying yeah. nothing. Yeah, because but now we definitely moved, fights every day. Baby. We definitely moved to Durham and was using <laughs> my sister's grandparents' address when my sister was in high school. Because once yeah. my parents or my mom, my stepfather divorced, he was living with his mother, and my sister was using his mother's address to make sure she was still in school. So yeah. and then if you try to get mad, I'm somebody instant mail, and like Lindsay said, you go to school on time. Yeah, but if you but then say like they were like, hey ma'am, we found out you don't live here and you try to get nasty, like it's all in the way that you do things. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's wrong, period. But of course, when you do wrong, you might want to look like an angel when you do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help. Get that tattooed, because that's that's so, a rule. In conclusion, if you do wrong, you do not want the who said that energy. <laughs> and we're gonna end where we begin, ladies. Okay. You can't be loud <laughs> and wrong. Correct. Right. <laughs> Either she or your grace. choice. Right. All right. Great episode. Thank you, ladies. And that is that. All right, y'all. And make sure that you tune in to our next episode because our last episode. It's going to be our season finale and we're going to have some special gifts. Follow us at at It's a Debate Podcast on Instagram. (laughs)
<laughs> and make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And, and you can also me. find us on Spot- Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And boom, boom, boom. You you link in the bio. Link in the bio. Link in the bio. Y'all can tell we new to this, but we true. <laughs> <laughs> we true to this. Okay. okay.